Crop Chat, a regular podcast from Hoosier Ag Today and the Purdue University Extension Service, featuring Purdue Extension corn specialist Dr. Bob Nielsen and special guest Dr. Tony Vine. On this 17th episode, they'll join host Andy Eubank to probe Indiana soils and when they'll be fit for planting. In a practical sense, at some point, you almost got to feel like you got to pull the trigger and go, even if it's still too wet. It is not high-quality science, not like so much of the rest of the science that comes out of Purdue University, <laughs> but it is a benchmark. This podcast is made possible by the Indiana Corn and Soybean Checkoffs. Corn and Soybean Checkoff dollars are being invested wisely to help bring dollars back to your farm. We do this by defending and growing domestic and international demand for corn, soybeans, and livestock products. In fact, every checkoff dollar U.S. soybean farmers have invested in international promotion has resulted in an $18 return back to the farm. Learn more about these programs by visiting indianasoybean.com slash movingthepile. Brought to you by Indiana Corn and Soybean Checkoff Dollars. Now your host for Purdue Crop Chat, Andy Eubank. Thank you, and from wherever you are listening, we welcome you and sure appreciate you downloading and listening to the Purdue Crop Chat Podcast. It is episode number 17, and Dr. Bob Nielsen joins us, Purdue Extension Corn Specialist, and we have a special guest today as well. And uh, Bob, first of all, this, I believe, is our first in-person meeting, if memory serves, since the very first episode. Since last March, you're exactly right. And we were in this neck of the woods when we got together and haven't been able to do so since. Right. But you're way over yonder, <laughs> more than an acceptable distance yes. from me, which yeah. I do appreciate. No, I, uh, I do too. Yeah, we're all suitably spaced here. We can sort of still see each other, but it's, you know, for us, some of our aging eyes, it's a little hard to see if it's really you, Andy. It, it really <laughs> is. Maybe the voice will give it away. Certainly your voice uh, has given it away, too. But we do have a special guest joining us today, Dr. Tony Vine, the Henry A. Wallace Chair in Crop Sciences and Professor of Agronomy at Purdue University. And we're going to be assessing field conditions and talking about fit soils, when those soils will be fit to plant, because it is planting season, everyone itching to get out there and go. Uh, or maybe they're already fit, but I don't think so. And maybe we should start with the new drought monitor index, uh, which is out today and does still show overall in Indiana pretty good soils. There is still that quarter part of the state, maybe a third of the northern part of the right. state right. that is abnormally dry, maybe even a little bit of pocket of mild drought. Right. And, you know, and to reinforce that, uh, the first uh, NAS report came out this past week also, and they usually have topsoil and subsoil moisture estimates. And I was looking at a year ago versus this week's uh, edition, and certainly you can see it in those estimates from NAS also that the percentage of the subsoil and topsoil that is short or shorter is much higher this year than it was a year ago. So, yeah, I think it remains to be a, a maybe a fearmonger kind of thing as to whether we're going to move on into a real drought. Um, but uh, nevertheless, we can't seem to really get rid of that those nagging areas of, of areas that are in the drought categories. Dr. Tony Vine, let's bring you in and say hello and welcome, and you must be thrilled to be a part of this. 
I've heard nothing but good things about this program <laughs> and uh, just how successful it is and how it really reaches who's your farmers and uh, that's what we're all about here in this uh, in this discussion today you might say and I'm really pleased to be able to do this uh, I miss Sean not being here because he brings a youthful life to this program. <laughs> However, having said that, uh, it's it's a real pleasure to be engaging with you all. Yeah, Dr. Sean Castile, Norm, I don't think he's missed one, has he? I don't think so. I think maybe I could, you did miss yeah, I one. I missed one. Uh, Sean has not, but we thought as dynamic as the two of you would be, we would kick him to the curb <laughs> for this episode. So let's talk about uh, where soils are right now here in Indiana as we go maybe north to south. I've been surprised in the uh, amount of soil digging that I've done as well as uh, what my crew has done in terms of taking some deep cores, uh, just how dry the soil conditions are for this time in April. And that gives me some hope but also it gives me some concerns. So first of all, the hope is that the soil conditions are sufficiently fit for doing that first tillage operation or for doing the planting operation for those that are involved in no-till and strip-till systems. And the determination criteria for whether a soil is fit or not is not necessarily something that you can easily tell just by looking at the surface and just by digging with your screwdriver down at an inch or two. The determination of whether a soil is fit for doing a tillage operation in the spring or even a planting operation is what is the status of the soil moisture one inch below the intended depth of that uh, mechanical operation, whether that's tillage to a three-inch depth or whether that's planting to a two-inch depth, you want to know what is the um, friability of the soil in the one inch below the intended depth. And for that, I find it impossible to um, to <laughs> show. <laughs> In a radio uh, podcast, but I will say this. Folks need to use your imagination now as Tony goes through using, this. Using your imagination. Imagine theater, theater of the mind is what radio <laughs> was always referred to as. True. So let's uh, use that imagination and let's uh, go into the field with a bit of a, a, a flat spade, let's say. And you remove the top inch, which uh, actually I've been surprised by. It's, uh, in some cases, almost in a dusty range. Now it's we've almost seen. bone dry, yeah. And mm -hmm. we've seen anhydrous applicators where the dust is flying. And how often is that the case in our early uh, right. pre-plant anhydrous applications in Indiana? But in any case, remove that drier soil at the top, dig down with a flat spade, to one inch below the intended depth of that spring tillage pass or that planting pass. So let's say you're going down from 
uh, three to four inches. Take that layer, take an inch of soil at that layer and attempt to squeeze it and to roll it between the palms of your hands. So the palms of your hands are going back and forth, and what you're trying to do is And Tony's giving a very good visual now, if you can picture it. So. <laughs> yeah, my hands are, are just going back and forth because it's, uh, it's the first thing I think about in assessing soil conditions in the spring is, is basically how likely is it that I can form a one-quarter inch cigar or a one-quarter inch worm that is four to five inches long between my hands. If I can form a, a, a dark, uh, continuous worm that is as small in diameter as one quarter inch and as long as four inches, then I know that it is still too wet to do that tillage operation or even that planting operation without encountering the risk of compaction. And that compaction then would be something that would impede uh, seedling root growth and that especially in, in dry conditions would cause uh, problems for root proliferation later on. So the criteria is to do that uh, in several places in the field if possible. Um, and then of course it helps if you've got an ATV to drive around on and it helps if you've uh, got a little bit of time when you're sort of, should I be in this field or in another field? Um, and it's one of these things where you can sort of go through a checklist. Well, it's um, 80 or 90% uh, in dry enough, uh, especially in a field that's, let's say, got uh, uniform uh, tile drainage for those fields that, that need drainage. But... Basically, you want to assess that suitability. For those of you that left your soil conditions very rough last fall, let's say with a deep ripping operation or deep chisel plowing, and where you've got the undulation of some ridges and some valleys, unfortunately, you cannot just assess the soil suitability for how fit it is by looking only at the ridges. You have to dig down into uh, the valleys as well, although perhaps you don't need to go as deep to uh, detect the suitability of the soil there. So the first thing is to use a cigar test. Now, mind you, I grew up on a tobacco farm. We shall not be going in the smoking direction here, <laughs> but what we are trying to do is to create that very narrow cigar that is four inches long, and, and if if... If that can be done, then you should wait. So let me ask this. What's always been a challenging frustration for me in the spring of the year, I dig down, I do the cigar test, and it's too wet, all right? So I'm going to wait. Another week I come back, I do the cigar test, it's still too wet. Two weeks later I come back, I do the cigar test, it's still too wet. Because once that surface dries, we no longer get much evaporation through the dry surface. And once we've got the field capacity, we're not draining anymore out the bottom. How, in a practical sense, at some point, you almost got to feel like you got to pull the trigger and go, even if it's still too wet four weeks later. How do you make that decision? Or, or maybe the better question is, when do you make that decision to pull the trigger when it's still a bit too wet? 
The most challenging spring decision is what you've just identified. And the way that I approach that is I, I, I do what a farmer does. And the farmer is, of course, looking at the calendar. The farmer is looking at how many acres do they have to, to cover in that time frame without encountering a yield loss. And they make a judgment call. And that judgment call, in terms of going a little bit on the marginal side, is easier to do when, number one, you have well-structured soils in the first place. Number two, when you've got reasonably good organic matter levels, because then there is more forgiveness that's mm -hmm. uh, possible. <laughs> Um, and it's easier to do when you've got uh, sandier textures um, to begin with. And so the, the idea of compromise is something that every farmer lives with and that I'm, yeah, I, I accept that. The later it is, the higher the organic matter, the uh, opportunity that you have for, um, for having good temperature and moisture conditions following that operation, the easier it is to pull the trigger, even if you can form this very nice cigar. And I think that's the point is we're sort of emphasizing at this point in April, it's a little easier to, to make that decision to hold back because it's early April. Sure. And, and, and that's, I think, the point we're trying to make on the podcast is, hey, you know, we got plenty of time at this point, and let's not rush it if the soils aren't fit because of the risk of creating that compaction. Whereas, you know, we've, you and I have been around here long enough. We've seen those years where, you know, middle May, late May, it's still a bit too wet, but it's the middle of May and late May. And, and you're right, that's when you start making compromises. So, but yeah, the key thing at this point is to, I guess you and I are trying to rein people back a little bit at this point to not rush into fields if they're not really fit to be in at this point. Yes, and as a follow-up to that, I'll also say I'm also concerned about reining farmers in if they are out there doing their secondary tillage but have no intentions mm. to plant for another week or two. Right. There's a right. real risk, folks, with doing that secondary tillage at this point or even if it's just uh, full-width um, primary tillage that you're doing in the spring. There's a real risk of doing that operation with no intention to plant for another week or two because of the fact that once you've disturbed that soil, you make that soil more crust susceptible if we do happen to get intense thunderstorm activities. And once you get a crust form, uh, there are two things uh, that happen. One is that you're going to slow down the rate of seedbed zone drying. And secondly, once you've disturbed that soil and you've, you've, you've lost some of that inherent aggregate uh, structure that holds that soil together, you, you've lost some of that integrity that's been created by months of freeze-saw activity, months of wetting and drying activity, you've lost some of that structural integrity. And so that means that that soil is more susceptible to erosion loss in a high-intensity rainstorm event. So my recommendation is, okay, 
if we've determined that the soil is fit, uh, let's be doing that for a situation where we're truly intent on planting within a day or two. It does not make sense to me to be out there doing recreational tillage far in advance of the actual planting um, operation for that field. And in, in addition to the what an intense rainfall event can do to that ground that's prepared and just sitting there, the reverse is also true that if it stops, if it continues not to rain, and we go back to these 80-degree days, that upper two or three inches can dry out extremely fast, and suddenly your seed zone does not have enough moisture by the time you get around to planting. And yes, we can plant deeper if we have to, but there is a limit to how deep we can plant in order to reach moisture. That's an excellent point. Uh, basically, there is that huge risk of having excessive moisture loss and variable seed bed moisture conditions right at right. the depth of seed placement right. that no matter how high your down pressure is, once you've lost that moisture, right. there's nothing that you can do to bring it back to have uniform emergence occur. And that's especially true on the um, sandier areas of fields and, um, and, and on the hilltops and, and so forth. So, yes, yeah. that... Uh, there, there's both sides of that moisture situation, the excessive loss that you referred to, as well as in, especially on higher clay content soils, the, uh, the concern for, for crusting. And Andy, I wanted to add one more thing on top of this question about is it fit to be out there in the first place, and that is soil temperature once you really begin to think about planting. And, you know, for years we've said this, we've used this rule of thumb of 50 degrees soil temperature being some kind of a magic threshold, which it sort of is. But honestly, if you want corn to come out of the ground in 10 or 12 days, that daily soil temperature needs to be averaging closer to 60 degrees in order to accumulate enough growing degree days to get that crop to emerge in, in 10 or 12 days. Well, typically in Indiana, if you just look at the historical norms, we don't reach that point of averaging 60 degrees soil temperatures or averaging 10 growing degree days per day until about the third week in April. In central Indiana, we reach it about a week earlier in the uh, southern third, and we reach it about a week later in the northern third. Um, and we are not yet at that point, at least here. Now, southern Indiana, you know, about, about next week is when we would typically start averaging those kinds of numbers. Uh, here, we it's usually about the 20th of April, and up north, it's, again, the end of April. So this point in the season, we're trying to determine, is it fit to be out there in the first place because of soil moisture? But secondly, this early in the season, we know that soil temperatures can vary up and down now with these last few days of 80-degree weather might be up there well above 60 degrees. But we have got a sort of a forecast of below normal temperatures coming in over the next 8 or 10 days, and we know how easily they can drop back down. And so you get this cooling and warming effect, which is certainly not desirable for rapid germination or rapid emergence of the crop. So again, in addition to being a little cautious because of soil moisture at this point in April, we all always need to be a little cautious in soil temperature also because it's early April. And so the, the sort of the two factors together is if if you can afford to hold off and be a little more patient, and, and uh, I think it's good advice at this point. And the point was made a month ago on this 
same Purdue Crop Chat podcast that planting early is not a guarantee of a great crop. Well, that's exactly right. In fact, we could sort of joke and say, if anything, we've had some record years when we planted in early June. And, you know, we sometimes joke among ourselves, why why shouldn't we wait every year until June? But So again, and the bottom line is planting date by itself is not a key driver of high yields. It's certainly desirable to plant as early as you can just to take advantage of the season. But by itself, it does not guarantee high yields. You're exactly right. You know, I listened to that podcast uh, and Sean was a little bit uh, in disagreement there because he believes that with the photoperiod sensitivity that there's a huge advantage for early planting on soybeans. And that could well be true for that different crop that responds differently because of photoperiod, as you say. And, and in fact, he has not just Sean, but others around the country do have some data suggesting that at least planting earlier than is traditional for soybeans. And, of course, traditionally they're planted after corn, uh, sometimes in mid-May. And so certainly Sean's got a good point with that. Um, And and maybe we could argue that corn has somewhat an inherent advantage, that it is much more lenient on when it's planted uh, because it's really the rest of the season, the rest of the growing conditions of the season, not photoperiod itself, that determines whether corn is going to do well depending, you know, no matter when it's planted. Purdue's Bob Nielsen and Tony Vine joining us on this episode of Purdue Crop Chat. We're coming to you from the Indiana Corn and Soybean Innovation Center, our sponsor on the podcast, the Indiana Corn and Soybean Checkoffs, and we'll be right back. Want to check in on your checkoffs? Twice a month, you can do just that with the brand new Move in the Pile podcast. Listen to the most up-to-date news about your corn and soybean checkoff investments, along with a brief market report after every episode. Sign up to receive the podcast today by texting CHECKOFF to 31996 or visiting indianasoybean.com slash movingthepile. Brought to you by Indiana Corn and Soybean Checkoff Dollars. Now, more Purdue Crop Chat with your host, Andy Eubank. We're back on Purdue Crop Chat with Dr. Bob Nielsen, Purdue Extension Corn Specialist, and Dr. Tony Vine, Professor in Agronomy. And there is some activity happening, even planting, probably in the South, most mm-hmm. uh, most of all. Tony, what are you hearing about what's happening out there? I'm both seeing and hearing of a lot of field activity. The first field activities uh, were those associated with what you were doing to the surface itself in terms of broadcast fertilizer Mm -hmm. application. And that began last week already. Um, This week we're seeing much more in the way of uh, pre-plant anhydrous application for those fields that are going to be planted to corn. And that was in some cases rapidly followed by uh, tillage operations and further south uh, by planting Operations. I've not seen uh, very much in the way of planting activity here in central Indiana yet. And well, and I was going to say, you know, to a certain degree, Andy, this is not different than any other year. There's always some activity going on in late March, early April, and sometimes we joke about the fact that people get out in the fields just to aggravate the neighbors, you know, to, for the sheer fact of being out there. So I, I, I think what, if anything, Tony, maybe it's a bit unusual, there isn't more activity going on given how dry it has been around the state. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe. 
to the future, the near future, as far as weather. We've got a little bit of it as we record this podcast on Thursday the 8th. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's much rain anywhere in Indiana that will make much of a difference one way or another. However, overnight Saturday and Sunday, according to Ryan Martin, our Hoosier Ag Today chief meteorologist, there is a possibility for a half inch to maybe two inches. Good coverage across the state. And then a few days anyway into next week, we're looking at probably below normal mm. temperatures. Mm -hmm. So where does that put us on soil fitness? Well, frankly, I, at this point, I think I would welcome rain all around the state. I, I think we need a little bit of recharge or as much recharge as we can get without being excessive. Um, and frankly, at this point, I would also sort of welcome a little cool down just to help people slow down a little bit and not get too crazy about thinking of planting. But, you know, we know how this weather can change on a dime, and, and here we are talking and worrying about dry soils and dry weather, and, you know, we know it can turn on a dime and go the other direction. So, you know, it's one of these things, you, you play the game as it's as it comes to you, and, um, and you know, I think it, at a minimum we just encourage people to make sure that all the equipment is ready to go, all the seed is in place, the chemicals in place, the fertilizers in place, so that when we get these open windows later this month and in early May, that we can hit the fields full force and get this crop planted. Because we know with today's equipment, we can plant an awful lot of ground per day once we get going. So let's make sure that we are able to get going with everything being ready to go once we hit it. And I think with that in mind, I don't worry too much about getting it planted because we know we can do it once we get some good weather and decent soil conditions. so Yes, I would very much agree with that. Uh, I would also say I'm not really concerned about even an inch and a half this weekend because our soils, by and large, are on the side to begin mm -hmm. with, and that means, especially with the recent warmth that we've had, that mm -hmm. those uh, soils will also... Uh, dry off mm -hmm. surprisingly quickly mm -hmm. compared to, let's say, a cool, wet spring scenario that right. we had in 2019, for instance. Right. And so that's that was a different world. We're now in a situation where uh, there will not be a big delay associated with a one-inch rainfall across the state. Yep. Tony, how many uh, years have you been suggesting the soil cigar or the <laughs> soil worm, and what percentage of Indiana farmers think of you as they're doing that very operation? <laughs> well, I've been talking about it for 20 years, but this is the first time that a radio <clears throat> you know, program <laughs> has asked me about it. <laughs> and we really need to do this on, on a television program. Well, and I was thinking, you know, if it helps people visualize, think back to when you play with uh, Play-Doh with your kids and you do the very same thing, rolling out that Play-Doh right between <laughs> your hands. So that's the visualization is just remember, or if you have kids now and you play with them using Play-Doh, that's what you're doing is rolling it out to that, to that worm or cigar. I had a graduate student this week that was filming me while I was doing this. She happened to be from Argentina, and she says, that's exactly the method that we were taught in our soil structure course in Argentina. <laughs> and uh, so she was, she was overjoyed that something similar was happening here. Um, it's a crude 
method. So this is the same. You, you do not, not have this patented. This no, method. it is not high quality science. Uh, not like so much of the rest of the science that comes out of Purdue University. Right. But it is a benchmark. And it's a good practical method. That's what it comes down to. Right. Yeah. Purdue Crop Chat podcast with Dr. Bob Nielsen and Dr. Tony Vine. Final thoughts today? Play the cards you're dealt. You got to love that soil. Those are brief final thoughts, but words of wisdom for sure. Thank you both for joining us and uh, have a great spring season yourselves. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. This has been Purdue Crop Chat, a regular series featuring Purdue Extension's Dr. Bob Nielsen and Dr. Sean Castile. Made possible by the Indiana Corn and Soybean Checkoffs, the Indiana Corn Marketing Council, and the Indiana Soybean Alliance. The Checkoffs are pleased to help bring you agronomy insights from Purdue Extension. Purdue Crop Chat was moderated by Hoosier Ag Today's Andy Eubank. I'm Eric Pfeiffer for Purdue Crop Chat, a service of Purdue University Extension and Hoosier Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.